0: Hey readers and writers, this episode was recorded with Squadcast, a web-based software that records studio-quality episodes from anywhere in the world. Squadcast records at each user's end and then uploads it to the cloud, so even if the call quality wasn't great at the time, the end file is always perfect, so that's a good thing, and it's never lost, which is even better. (laughs) It's a paid service, so there is that, but for me, it's been worth it. If you're in the market for recording software, there's a link in the show notes to get a free trial. Now let's get on with the show.
1: I'm pretty passionate about, but I mean, my heart and soul is really in the storytelling, it really is. Um, it's just something that's so special about that, that sharing process, people trusting me and sharing me with their stories to help them um, to, to, to put that out. So I would have to say that that is really where I'm rooted. Um, the the Dallas Events, the Publicity Playbook is, is it's just so much fun. Um,
0: Joining us today is Michelle Faust, founder and CEO of Lemonade Legend, a publishing company created to unite, inspire, and educate people on a global level. Michelle is a storytelling strategist, author, public speaker, publisher, and host of the Lemonade Legend podcast. Michelle, welcome to Read&Write.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so how long have you been running Lemonade Legend?
1: So, uh, I would say the inception was January of 2020. I was uh, working on uh, my first anthology at the time, and uh, it published in December of 2019. And the anthology kind of led into the business.
0: Interesting. That is not the direction I thought it would have taken. (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, it was business first and then add the anthologies to it.
1: Actually, no. So um, I have 20 years of uh, experience uh, in pharmaceuticals, so, so that was mm-hmm. my primary career. And right. uh, uh, typically, will happen at some point in a pharmaceutical rep life, um, I lost my job, and okay. uh, I was lucky to have 20 years uh, mm-hmm. and an uninterrupted. Anyways, I I decided it was just an industry I was done with. And um, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to go into an entrepreneurial um, situation. Uh, I do love to write. I I, I don't know how how great I am at it. I just love it. Mm -hmm. So I I turned to content writing because I thought that that makes sense. And uh, I did marketing and content writing for uh, a couple of years. And then um, I just had this deep yearning to tell my story, and I didn't know how. I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to publish it, uh, get it out there, what options I had, and so when I took the route of an anthology, of having other women join me, um, and and join in in the cost of the project, um, Mm -hmm. that was how I was able to first share my story. And I developed such a passion for the idea of storytelling, um, and I had such a positive response to the anthology, to the whole experience, that uh, I turned my clients over to uh, someone I was collaborating with. Said, take I'm, I'm done with this, I'm taking a new direction, and I'm going to help people share stories. Nice. That's, that's where it went. <laughs>
0: Now, I'm already going to go off my uh, little questionnaire script here, um, okay. but I'm curious. You said you've always loved stories. Um, how did stories impact your life before starting this? Were you just a lover of story? Can you explain that?
1: So, well, first of all, I would say I was always an avid reader, so mm-hmm. um, that certainly impacted me just, just because of the, the wonderful stories that I read. You know, you can, right. you can go to any place in the world reading reading stories and books. Mm-hmm. Um, i I dabbled with writing um and I can't necessarily say that it was storytelling so much as uh, I've had opportunities to write newsletters and different types of things where I could
0: try
1: really? uh, my skills um it really wasn't until I entered into the idea of writing the anthology that. I got into the storytelling aspect and the Mm -hmm. personalized storytelling. Um, I will say that I have always enjoyed movies and books more if I know they're based on a a true story. Um, Uh You know, it's great to write uh, fiction and and fantasy and all that, but I'm much more excited about knowing somebody actually lived uh, whatever it is I'm reading or or watching uh on t v or movies mm-hmm. um because that fascinates it does make me. it more powerful, yeah exactly, and so and again, it was just I, I i come from a background of having a lot of stories, but the main story is uh I grew up with a severe hearing loss, so anytime you have a disability that you know mm-hmm. the stories follow um, right. your parents at school um friends, you know, I had limited beliefs in myself, all those things Mm -hmm. um, that get wrapped up. And yet I was able to figure out how to have a very, very successful life um, despite Mm -hmm. the hearing disability. So um, a lot of people said I couldn't. Um, I did. And (laughs) um, I I not only did, but I did it well. So in pharmaceuticals, I, I won all the sales awards. Um, not because I'm such a great salesperson. I think it's because uh, of my hearing loss, I had to learn alternative communication skills, things like really focusing, you know, uh, reading body language. So I can really understand if they're getting, you know, kind of tense upset and the doctor's Mm like, and, and so, so it helped me build relationships because I could communicate with all those different skills. And I believe that that's what made me as successful as I was. So that was the story that I that I wanted to share. That was what was built up very, very deep inside me was this sort of fearless attitude that I had developed, and I really wanted to share that because I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, have that same limited belief systems, or they're mm-hmm. afraid to step outside their comfort zone and uh, it was uh, stepping out of my comfort zone was is a very very scary thing Uh, (laughs) um you know networking and being on the phone and all of the things are really hard for me to do uh, um the person with a hearing loss so i think it was just became very very important not just to prove it to the world but maybe to myself Mm -hmm. that um i was worthy and then I experienced storytelling with all the other women that joined me on the anthology, and it totally changed my life. Just the experience, hearing mm-hmm. their stories, the emotion, um, the the healing and growth that happened when they were finally able uh, to let go of it and 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 show it with the world and lose the shame and all the things that go along with. Mm-hmm personal story. So just the whole process is so fascinating to me that I just I really threw myself 100% into it.
0: That's awesome. I'm curious, how did you find these other people to do the anthology with? You know, how that's like the them.
1: If I had 18 women join me on the first uh, on the first book and I only knew two of them. <laughs> okay. So well, I, all the more interesting. The the experience even that more powerful because it it mm-hmm. there were these women who didn't know me and trusted me um with their stories and th- that right there amazed me um and pretty much it came to me because I I had built a pretty good network of, of connections and association um mm. during my time as uh doing content writing so I reached out to a lot of those people and said you know this is what I'm doing if you know of anyone who you know some th- think they might be interested mm. um so I, uh, I would say most of them came through referrals. Some of them came through. Uh, I just kind of put it out there on, in my email database and my and social media. Um, and then a lot of people came because once somebody would sign up, it, they would say, "I'm so excited! I'm going to I'm going to be in a book. I'm going to be an author." Right. So they would, you know, put it out on their social media, and some of their connections would then say, "I want to do that." So they would come to me you know through some of the authors that were there mm-hmm. um so it, it 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 was basically referral and those um uh, means like i say i i only actually knew two of 18 so uh when you think about that to to trust them cuz they were investing in the book too so okay. um it, it it was a pretty um what do i want to say it certainly did a lot for my confidence. Let me say that <laughs> you know, they, would, they would sign on. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, did you go through a traditional publisher to get the anthology published, or did you band together and do self-publishing on it?
1: So, I, I did um, research a couple of companies, and mm-hmm. um, you know, not the traditional big houses because you know yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty difficult to break into, but mm-hmm. um, I, I looked in some of the different companies that will offer publishing services, and and it's not inexpensive by any means. I was um, that was almost enough to stop me in my tracks, um, but it's also why I want the anthology route because I said, you know, if we all, right, if we split in can make this happen, and so it, you know, it's a great company. Uh, it, it's not in existence anymore, but um, but I had a, a very good working relationship with them. But what I found out is that what they did for me, I pretty much already knew. It's just that you don't know what you don't know or you don't know what you do know until you mm-hmm. go through it. And I realized going through it, it's like, okay, I really know all these things that they were walking me right. through. What they didn't do was the marketing end of it. I mean, books don't sell themselves. Um, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> and um, I, mean, I mean, I will say they didn't do anything, but they did they did very little. Um, for instance, they would provide graphics. Okay, put this out on social media to promote your book, blah, blah, blah. But that's really not enough. It, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of work to promote and sell a book. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to, to really self-teach myself Um, uh, Well, I would say because I already knew marketing from a certain uh, uh, education level, but I just had to increase my education on marketing and promotion and really understand how to get a book promoted and sold. And that's when I decided to be a publisher as well to help uh, other people who, like me, needed the help, but to try to give them real value. Uh, mm-hmm. more value than what I thought I was getting from the company I hired.
0: Okay, you you totally rolled into my second question there. <laughs> I was going to ask if a lemonade legend came out of of that experience.
1: Yeah, so uh, so the book was called The Lemonade Stand. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's lemon, the lemon to lemonade type story. And um, that domain lemonadestand.com dot com was already taken, so I had to think. All right. What am I going to use for a name? And uh, So I talked around a few things, but I, I like the idea of Lemonade Legend because if you look up, you know, what legend? legends are really all about stories about people, you know, mm-hmm. how they, you know, they become legendary. They live on, you know, through um, uh, this whole heritage of passing along stories. Right. Stuff. So it kind of made sense to me to go ahead mm-hmm. and use uh, Lemonade Legend. Um it, it's worked for me. I can get really cheesy. Like I have a you know, my wall behind me is painted yellow and I have <laughs> all these little lemon things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had fun with that and uh, I certainly use the cheesy aspect of it, but people relate to it and they mm-hmm. definitely relate to the whole idea of taking lemons and making lemonade. Um it's just, so it's been uh it, it's been a lot of fun to use that name and trademark it and um and promote it as a really a beautiful way to to transform your life.
0: And can you tell us how Lemonade Legend has grown from, I
1: guess, just publishing this anthology to sure. what well, it does now? I'm actually simultaneously working on book three and four now. So I have uh, book one and two has, has uh, been published. Um, I also uh, have published. Uh, got a half a dozen books at this point, other people's books. Okay. And I have a podcast. I have a TV show through um, the Alternative uh, Distribution Network. Okay. Um, so, oh, magazine um, where I publish articles as well as I uh, do exclusive magazines for individuals who mm-hmm. want to share their story in more of a business format. Um, okay. So basically, what I did is, 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 I saw this in my first experience. Is promotion is all about exposure, and so I wanted Lemonade Legend to provide opportunities and platforms for exposure. So that's why the podcast, okay. the TV show, the the magazine, because it's always right, right, right. exposure. Uh huh. It's grown tremendously. Uh, to the point where I had to to scale back at one point because uh, I was getting a little overwhelmed.
0: (laughs) I can imagine. You sound like a very busy woman. (laughs) I am. I am.
1: And, you know, I think every entrepreneur, you know, experiences this when when their business is growing, is you kind Mm -hmm. of hit that that spot where you've got the business and the ideas and everything going well, but you haven't quite made the money to hire on people to, to right. bring together a whole team. Uh, so I do have people that uh, contract with me for, for editing and, and um, graphic design and things like that. But to really grow my business from from where it is right now to where I really want it to be, is gonna require uh, a more full-time team. So that's what I'm working on right now.
0: Okay. What is your, since you're almost a one-man or one-woman show, what does
1: your day-to-day look like? <laughs> How do you structure that time? <laughs> you know, the one thing is, I, I will say I'm not the most disciplined person when it comes to uh, getting up at a certain time and that I'm not a morning person. So mm-hmm. some days I my, day my seat, look more like 9.30 to 10 o'clock before I get started. But, you know, I'll probably still be going at, at 7 Um mm-hmm. Until I finally say, okay, I, I got to set everything down and fix some dinner. Um, right. I do a lot of work at home. Uh, so it's on the computer, it's done um, through Zoom call meetings and virtual presentations and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've just I've been like the rest of the world, just dressing from the waist up. <laughs> 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 well, I don't have pants on, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. You're wearing uh,
0: sweatpants, but then you look nice from the waist Exactly,
1: up. exactly. And um, now that things have started to open up, I uh, started participating more in uh, live events. So okay. I now have a quarterly event in Dallas um, where I invite people to come in um, to Zonda TV Network Studio where I have my TV show. And we've put together a whole uh, three-day uh, event that uh, we call the Lemonade Legend Publicity Playbook because what we're doing is putting together a playbook for them with uh, TV shows or interviews, um, my my show and Zandra's show, we do a magazine for them, we do sizzle wheels, we do all kinds of um, content uh, that they can use uh, for publicity and exposure. So it's okay. kind of getting away a little bit from what Lemonade Legend was doing, but it was an opportunity that presented itself, and um, to be to put this together with uh, the two other ladies and uh, the first one was just fabulous. Um, it went so well; we were so excited. So now we're getting ready to put on the second one in April, and uh, I think we're just going to keep moving through with that and. If I see an opportunity and a way to help people, um, whether it's sharing their story or whether it's um, helping them to build their confidence and and uh, build their business and, and and grow personally and professionally, I'm going to jump on it. And so that's what the Dallas event has, has enabled me to do. So, um, nice. it's, yeah, it's, like I say, it's kind of a step outside of the zone where I had been. Um, right an awful lot of fun, and it really does provide uh, unique uh, content for individuals.
0: So would you say that's the part you're the most passionate about in working with Lemonade Legend? Or
1: what would be the part that you find that, wow. that you out of well, bed in the morning? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty passionate about But I mean, my heart and soul is really in the storytelling. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something... That's so special about that—that that sharing process, people trusting me and sharing me with their stories to help them um, to 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 put that out. So I would have to say that that is really where I'm rooted. Um, mm-hmm. The the Dallas event, the publicity playbook is is it's just so much fun. Um, I'm I'm passionate about being having fun, so uh-huh. there's definitely a passion there. But it really is it really has. Grown out of that idea of of sharing of yourself, being vulnerable and authentic, mm-hmm. and so even say in the interviews on my TV show, and I think Zonda does this, you know, when she's interviewing as well uh, on her show, is is um, bringing that honesty out, that little bit of truth, um, mm-hmm. trying to pull them out of their comfort zone just a little bit. So uh, so I still have that aspect of it. We're still telling stories um, in a sense because people, they develop their purpose and their why out of their story. So right. their business, their service, their product, or what they're doing really grows out of their story. And that's what I try to get from them, even if it's not in a print book form, if it's in an interview form, I'm still trying mm-hmm. to, get that story out of you know why are you who you are now and what you do
0: so you were saying you were in pharmacological sales and the marketing helped you out with lemonade legend did do you find anything else crosses over or has this been a completely new ball game for you
1: uh well the the business itself from start Current current has been a whole new ballgame for me. Um, I I I haven't done it alone, and um, I have um, I've had a couple of different coaches. I now have one I've worked with for about for almost three years, and uh, Angel Tuffy is her name. I'm proud to to share her name out there, but she mm-hmm. uh, uh she's been very instrumental in helping me navigate uh the entrepreneurial world and what's the next step and all those things that go along with running a business you know having your email database and having your funnel system set up and right you know the things that I don't like so much about doing the business but but you have to to be able to um, be successful and grow Um, Mm -hmm. and there's just an an enormous community around um, that's been built around both her my coach and, and other people who I associate excuse me, associate with as well, and, you know, you do it as, as, a, as a village almost, so I may be a one-woman team, but if it wasn't for the knowledge and the expertise and the willingness for people to step in and, and teach me, um, I couldn't do what I do, because this is a whole new ball game. You go from pharmaceutical up to Trying sure. to do it <laughs> writing and publishing and, and podcasting and all of those things. Um, it didn't come naturally. or uh, maybe, maybe something came naturally, but it mm-hmm. didn't come without a learning process.
0: Uh, what was the biggest setback you had when you were starting up? You, you said that you, there were some things you didn't like, and then you took on all this stuff. What was, I don't know, what was a setback or something that you didn't expect?
1: So the setback was I, I got to a point where I had um, – I had an individual um, who I won't name um, that was like my right hand person. And mm-hmm. so, and she was very knowledgeable in areas that I wasn't. So, we were mm-hmm. able to really expand on the business. And um, then, for reasons that I still don't understand, she kind of dropped off. Threw me under the bus. Mm-hmm. So, we won't fill in there. That. But <laughs> I was in the position then where I had started all these different platforms. Um, we mm-hmm. had uh, promoted and, and grown it, and we were getting a lot of attention. And um, and then I became, uh, you know, truly a one-person show, and it was too much for me to handle. Right, so that was my biggest setback because had I been able to just continue the growth, you know, on a natural uh, progression at that point mm-hmm. with her continued existence, then I think it would have been a whole different thing. However, everything happened for a reason. We all we, we learned from everything that that we experienced. And I was able to learn some really important things uh about being in the business world when that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. first of all you have to know every every bit of your business. You need to know how to be a janitor as well as a CEO um right. that, way, that way if you lose somebody you, you you're not losing what did i well yeah i didn't say that very smoothly <laughs> but you want to be able to replace whatever that skill is that maybe mm-hmm. you're, you're losing so you right. depend on somebody um uh to do something that you can't easily replace, do yourself or replace with someone else with a backup. Mm -hmm. Um, I also learned that I needed to scale back a little bit, that I was going a little too fast. um, Right. That I needed to step back and perfect a few other things before trying to grow too rapidly.
0: Okay. What were you going too fast in? Like, how was it scaling up too fast? Like, explain that to me.
1: So it was scaling up too fast in the different platforms. So okay. um, having to separately try to recruit authors for uh, the anthology, to get clients to publish their books, to run a regular podcast, um, to put a magazine together—you need more more than one person doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. So or you need like a fifty-hour day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was, <laughs> it was really crazy. Oh, and then I didn't even mention a TV show. And I actually sat on the show. I had the opportunity. I was I was paying for the services, and I wasn't doing anything with it. because. Mm-hmm. Of, um. So I had to take that step back to say, what do I want to focus on? And so that's mm-hmm. really how the Dallas event happened, because now uh, uh, so much of what I do gets bundled into that. So they get their magazine, okay. they get to be on the TV show. And so then I can focus on on the package, on the three-day package, more than trying to independently, you know, a la carte, get clients for the, the Okay. Offices. So that has helped me um, maintain all of that while still uh, while still growing. And mm-hmm. you know growing in revenue and growing in 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 client, but I'm doing it shall so I like say a little bit more purposeful way as opposed to kind of help helter-skelter.
0: <laughs> okay. So um, explain to me this package like what if a, if an author approaches you and they want to be published by you and be in your anthology I don't and/ or I guess um, explain what what do they get? What are the services that <laughs> you offer?
1: So um, the the live event that I'm referring to is a part of the publishing package, but it's also separate in in, in and of itself. So okay, what it what that event is is for three days, as I said, uh, an interview on my show, an interview on Sandra TV, um, and she has a a, a very full following. Um, we have uh, she has a professional team to be able to uh, film the shows, edit them produce sizzle reels, produce um, digital advertising, um, making sure I don't forget anything. We (laughs) uh, provide a press release for them, a photography session, makeup artist. So it's all meant to, everything we offer complements something else. In other words, we have the makeup Mm -hmm. artist because we want to have photos professional photos for mm-hmm. the magazine so that's why mm-hmm. we offer that because the magazine is part of the package so right. then they get so we have to have the phot- photographer there and the makeup artist there the makeup artist also because they want to look beautiful you know on TV right exactly um, <laughs> so then we I put it I call it a playbook I've just become a football fan so that resonates with me but um but it is a playbook for their their publicity because we we put all this in one place so if they want to mm-hmm. take their sizzle wheel for promotional purposes if they want to take the the uh, their link to the recording of their their tv interview if they want to use okay um any of the photographs that have come out of the package they have all of it in one place and uh and again the, the press release um and and instructions on how to use the content because a lot of times people get content for promotion but they don't know what to do with it so so we make sure that they understand how they can use all of the promotional pieces and grow their business with it okay it's pretty comprehensive now for somebody who who is uh wants to publish a book uh they can take the the high end package, and it's going to include all that. Okay. Or somebody can just simply say, "I'll just I just want to publish my book. I only have this much of a budget, so we work within in the budget." Um, the uh, anthology can be a standalone as well. They just invest in putting a chapter in. Um, okay. They can, they can they can scale themselves up by saying, "But I like that." Package you offer too, so let us mm-hmm. do that as well. So it's really up to the person's budget and their desire for how much exposure and publicity they want. Um, but I just want to try to provide one-stop shopping as much as I can for getting that kind of um, exposure. Uh, a lot of people want to be on the stage too. They want to go from being the author to them being on the stage. So I collaborate with a lot of. Uh, speaking coaches and individuals who okay. help them uh, take their story and then mm-hmm. take it to stage and present it uh, in that way. I prefer to just impress.
0: That That's actually pretty nice. I know, like, I don't know, myself included, I am Marble mouths, and I know lots of people who are, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think once somebody breaks out, you know, and, and they that they're sharing of themselves and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of addictive in a way so you want to say <laughs> "Okay, oh so I put my story out there and I don't want to go on the stage or I want to be on a podcast maybe they would come first before they're on the stage mm-hmm. but most people get very excited about taking the next step and the next step and the next step to mm-hmm. put themselves out there and uh and that's pretty exciting for me to see
0: nice yeah. does uh Do you put them on your podcast as as part of this promotion uh, packages that you offer?
1: So what I'm doing, uh, again, when I said I had to scale back, I I had to figure out, you know, how can I condense a a, a few things because there's only so many hours in a day. So right now, my podcast, instead of uh, being a a separate podcast like it was, it is now the audio portion of when people come to the um, live event in Dallas uh we oh okay separate, we separate the audio out uh and put that out as a uh as a podcast okay. so it's just one more way to get their voice on the internet it, somewhere exactly and i would continue to do that as, as a live package but you know, when i get to the point where i can um handle doing the, the separate podcast it's a it's a great mm-hmm. thing to be able to offer so that people aren't forced to you know buy a, a high ticket you know three day event right in a podcast so we'll we'll I'll get back to that
0: someday. <laughs> <laughs> do you offer any online help any help with like online marketing in your packages yes so the the answer well, I, I know that is, that's a big thing that people just like, yeah. like I don't know how to do
1: this yeah um if and this occurs in both the uh anthology and if I'm uh, publishing a book is that well we, I've got two different packages on the um, publishing packages three months before three months after six months before mm-hmm. six months after where you're doing a pre-promotion post-promotion you know and then at that point y- you want to hope that the individual pretty much has a good handle um, taking, it, taking it on themselves
0: okay um, do you think that I know you started it in the pandemic. Do you think the pandemic has affected your business at any 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 way, any shape, anyhow?
1: Yes, um, I experienced great growth. Um, it it allowed me to be very focused um, home uh-huh. on my computer um, because so many people were doing Zoom events at the time. Um, I was able to connect with far more people than I would have been able to connect with if I was doing more traditional networking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it actually had a, a very positive effect. The other thing is the pandemic put people in a position where maybe they were looking for a job or maybe their their business was sliding. So they were looking at what can I do to promote mm-hmm. myself and what I do, um, so they were willing to to work with me um, as right. a means of being able to promote themselves. Um, people get lost in Facebook. So it's really important mm-hmm. to find alternative ways to to get out there. So right. uh, YouTube and, and the TV networks and all these things are just more ways. That an individual can um, can get the exposure. Uh, the eight-page magazine, exclusive magazine, is that uh, it's digital and print. So, okay, if you're using it in a digital format, I mean, you can literally put your magazine out to as many people, infinite number of people. You can very select. true. Yeah. Um, but in addition, if they are at a vendor type event or, or speaking event, anything like that, Mm -hmm. take a printed copy and hand it out and people don't throw magazines away Typically, you know, (laughs) the beautiful, the beautiful, you know, magazine cover and it feels like I would feel bad if I threw away somebody's, you know, beautiful cover. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Do you keep those and so you can print them on demand in case they need more copies or something?
1: Yeah. Or okay. is that what the digital version's for? Yeah. 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 Actually they just they can take the, the digital version and uh, but I have okay. yeah. So it's already it, it's created into a PDF form. So they they get both. So it's like you don't post the PDF and they can print it. Yeah. Um,
0: how how are you currently collecting authors? I mean, how can authors contact you to get I've either published by you
1: but use your services in the anthology the easiest way really is to simply send me an email at hello at lemonade legend say i'm interested um i also have a form on my website which is lemonadelegend.com uh mm-hmm. it's just a synopsis of their story that they can uh, fill out the form and send that to me I am currently looking for individuals for um, for two um, books. One is pretty much the tra- traditional Lemon um, to Lemonade Stories. And mm-hmm. um, I've only got I've got five authors at this point, so I've got room for about seven more. And then this, the other one I'm doing, which is actually growing quite fast, and I'm very, very excited about it, is All Men. Because men oh, traditionally nice. don't share their stories um Mm -hmm. i know it's important in marketing to niche yourself but i i never wanted to niche myself just working with women but it's always women who who were willing to step up and say i want to share my story Mm -hmm. So i had met a couple of of, um couple of guys who had some interesting stories they seemed willing to share so i did a, a short podcast series called testosterone tales <laughs> and it was, it was, you know, podcasting and talking to guys, and you know, why don't you share? You know, why, what is this male culture all about that people mm-hmm. open and share? And so, anyways, um, I was recently talking to, to a gentleman who, um, had the coaching business and he coaches men, mm-hmm. um, how to uh, be the best uh, of them themselves through their dogs it's really fascinating <laughs> um you know kind of like how to learn from your dog how to be you know right other person but i was telling him about this and he was like i still want to do that and i know guys who want to do that so in in about two days we've managed to get eight eight guys sign up for that book so awesome. but i do have room again for, for a few more so uh, if anybody listening to to this is interested, just you know, hello at lemonadelegend.com and yeah, you know, uh, we'll set something up and we can talk about it.
0: That sounds awesome. Now, before we sign off, is there anything that you want you to talk about that we didn't touch on?
1: Well, I think we've pretty much covered it, um, but I really do want to emphasize the fact of uh, why storytelling is so important um, because I feel like sometimes it gets a little bit minimized as oh. You know, that, that's a nice thing to sh- share your story. But the reality is, is it truly is what forms you. Uh, mm-hmm. Your value system, uh, all of that. And so there's extreme value in understanding your story and why it has made you who you are, why it created your purpose and your passion. And so that's mm-hmm. really what's behind um, the storytelling is you know, mm-hmm. the personal heal- healing and growth behind it, as well as in business, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Right. The way you get people to know, like, and trust you is by sharing yourself. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a very important aspect of, um, of self growth and um, business growth as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, And one last time, where can users connect with you online?
1: Online? Um, Mm -hmm. So again, uh, through email or uh, hello, LemonadeLegend.com. My website is LemonadeLegend.com. I have a Facebook group called Lemonade Dan Community. Uh, So that's a Facebook group. You can look it up and ask to join. Um, And that's probably the three primary ways to find me and look me up
0: excellent well thank you for being a guest today well thank you for having me it's been a pleasure read and write podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Zbarth music was provided by lo-fi girl and can be found at lofigirl.com or on their YouTube channel audio effects were created by red octopus and Black River phonogram show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate Read&Write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read&Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Monday's live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.